Hello, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving. Hi. We are recording this on a very turkey day, even though we're not yes. celebrating. <laughs> I'm Johanna. I'm Yasmin. Welcome to A Certain Type of Crazy. Today we're doing a super fun episode. Yaz has done us a lovely service of asking some beautiful peers and students out in the world for some questions that they wanted to have asked and answered. And so we're going to take that on today. Yeah, thank you guys. to Thank you to everyone that sent in their questions. Really excited to answer them. So we're going to start with the first one. Just going to get into it. This one is from Christiana. Hi, ladies. My name is Christiana. I'm a senior at Cal State Fullerton, majoring in communications with an emphasis in public relations. I graduate this upcoming spring, and I'm trying to navigate the end of my time in college to the start of my professional career. I had a couple questions I could ask you two about the industry. My first question would be, what are some of the soft skills you've relied on to get you where you are now, and what are some of the more technical skills? Second, how does one get their foot in the door? If someone has little experience but strong interest, what kind of work samples do you think should be included in a portfolio? Lastly, do you believe there's a point where it's too late to enter the fashion industry? Thank you guys for your time and taking my questions. I look forward to hearing the answers. Take care. Aw, she sounds so sweet. So, a lot to unpack here. Right. Um, She's coming in with a lot of questions. She was ready and prepared. um, Okay, so what are some of the soft skills that we've kind of relied on in this industry? I mean, I feel like a lot of it is learn with experience, like learn as you go. 100%. Hands-on experience that there's nothing to beat with that. But, I mean, some for me in particular is definitely being on time, showing availability. You know, like my having my schedule being like eager and willing to be there and wanting to be there. You know, nobody gets the job more than somebody who wants to be there and shows that, you know, so. Yeah, I was going to say time management is a big one, like and just organization. Oh, so much. And being detail oriented. Like, I know these are kind of just like personality traits, but They've really helped. And you kind of do learn as you go to be more detail-oriented. You know what details to like look out for, right. how to manage your time better. And then in terms of technical skills. Oh, well, I mean, in, in styling, Excel, Word, PowerPoint, Pages, Keynote, you know, any Excel type is of a email one. situation. Just be tech savvy in general. Know how to work the speakers on things, you know. Like make mood boards, no Photoshop and InDesign, all of Adobe. Excel is a big one. I took an Excel course when we were in like the grunt of quarantine and it was super slow and quiet. Um, so that helped a lot. And just being, we use Outlook. So maybe being familiar with that. I'll say another one of my soft skills though is like reading energy in the room kind of situation, you know, like quote unquote reading the room, but like mm-hmm. make sure you're not speaking when you're not needing to and like, you know, Keep it professional always. Always have a professional manner, I think, is extremely important. Being professional really helps you um, grow from maybe an intern level to something bigger because when you're interning somewhere and an opportunity arises for you to maybe do something of higher priority, they will likely go for someone that, you know, has the most professional demeanor and can, like, handle themselves yeah. in 
a fast paced environment. They feel like they can trust you. Exactly. Yeah. How do you get your foot in the door? Christiana asked. Honestly, have no shame, just zero shame ever, because like when you're on your computer and you're looking for those jobs or internships or assistant roles anywhere, just email everybody, say hi to everybody, just blast everything, you know, but think um, of it as a funnel, like so much of it is going in and only a little bit is going to come out. So reach out to as many people as you can apply for as much opportunities as you can. Um, For me, fashionista careers was a big one in finding like internships and stuff and I applied to as many as I could find Mm -hmm. and you know something is gonna bite and when it does like just be prepared to take it instantaneously Mm -hmm. whatever it is it doesn't have to be in the profession that you're specifically looking for any type of experience is experience and it adds to your resume and not only that but it'll like give you more networking opportunities. So whoever you might meet at that job may know somebody who knows somebody who then knows someone and can get you in the foot somewhere else. You know, you just have to be proactive about it. Yeah, don't get discouraged, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone starts somewhere. And in this industry, especially, you kind of start from from the bottom and you work your way up. A keyword being work. Right. Christiana also asked if you have little experience, what kind of um, work should be in your portfolio? And now I feel like we kind of answered that question. Um, Like really anything helps. Right. On your resume, for sure. Maybe I would leave off that, you know, ice cream scooping job you had in the summer of whatever junior high you went to. But yeah, those things are unnecessary. (laughs) But anything related to fashion is super helpful. And if it's your portfolio, I would say it really depends on what type of profession in fashion you're trying to go into. But make sure you have your Instagram ready. Make sure you have your website ready. Mm-hmm. Everything, they're going to be looking at your social media probably more so than like the ticks of your resume and your more than likely your references, you know? I like this question. I like when she asked, is there a point where it's too late to enter the fashion industry? Because I feel like there is this like stigma of you kind of have to be like fresh out of college and then you kind of have a shelf life to work in fashion. But that is absolutely not the case unless you're maybe a model or something. Right. Well, even then now, I feel like models are their shelf life is expanding. You know, like there's there's For so sure. many more older models now that are so successful. But um there's it's never too late to join or to be a part of the fashion industry. You can do it whenever you want. I would say as long as you're keeping up with it, you know, mm-hmm. in, for even if you're not working in it, but you want to be as long as you keep up with, you know, obviously it's getting very techy and digital. So keeping up with like the online publications and the Instagrams and TikTok, and all that stuff. Oh, TikTok. <laughs> yeah, this is going to kill me. Thank you, Christiana, for your questions. Yes, thank you. They were very insightful. We're on to the next. Um, This one is from Gabriella. A.K.A. Gabby Perez. A.K.A. Gabby, thank you. Hi, ladies. My name is Gabby, and I'm a senior in college right now. Okay, so here goes. Um, So from what I've been told, it's very hard to break into the fashion industry. PR specifically is very competitive. So how do you guys approach making genuine connections within the industry as someone who doesn't necessarily have all of the experience in the world? And just like, where do you where do you start? Good question. Um, You're right. It is hard to break into it, especially 
PR, but then again, I feel like there are so many opportunities like in-house agencies that are always looking for extra help. So um, when I used to too. work, there's so many of them, no matter where you are. I know that when I was working at a fashion PR showroom as my first job, I had to hire interns that were temporary for when we had events just like a one-off helper situation and that was a great opportunity for them to kind of meet everyone that works at that showroom and kind of see what it's like so I would say like just taking advantage of of small opportunities like that and in terms of genuine connections like that's it's exactly what it sounds like you have to make sure it's genuine yeah Most definitely. Like in regards to PR, there are so many agencies out there that need so many interns, you know, like I think PR showrooms and in-house companies are very intern heavy and they're they're not there for very long. You know, there's always a pretty high turnover. Everybody's on to the next thing or they're moving up in the ladder or something like that. So there's so many opportunities. I feel like agencies are more flexible in terms of their internship opportunities in terms of um, they can work a little bit more with your schedule Mm -hmm. like if you're a student or you know you can only work part-time or something so um, at least from my experience and when you're there in terms of making connections like don't forget about the other interns too right Um, I still talk to people that I've interned with and yeah Yaz and I met when we were like fresh in LA you know so she was doing what were you manager then at the time No, I was a showroom coordinator. And I was assisting, so, you know, and now we're best of friends and still have been four years later. But um, you just have to make sure that you're meeting with people and when you go into appointments or if you're going to a meeting or something like that, you strike up conversation, if appropriate, like before or after meetings and try to like connect with someone, see if you like vibe and then make those connections and move them forward into long-term Yeah, I always say, like, just be a pleasure to work with. (laughs) Yeah, just be nice. Everybody, that's all we can keep saying is just just be nice. Okay, so the next question is from Madison. Hi, Yasmin. Hi, Johanna. Thanks so much for having me on. My name is Madison Shermel. I am currently a first-year graduate student achieving my Master's of Arts degree in Fashion Studies at Parsons School of Design in New York City. My question is... What has been the most challenging project you have faced and how has it informed your decision making through the rest of your career? Congrats on getting your master's. That's super awesome. I feel like you don't hear that a lot in fashion. Commitment to the cause. Well done. Um, so I, the, I don't know why this comes to mind, maybe because I was just thinking about it because it was exactly a year ago, but we had, um, a big fashion show, um, in Miami And it was one of the most intense things that I've ever worked on because there was just a lot of moving parts and there was so much going on. And I feel like it made me so much stronger, like in my in my career, because it's all about anticipating and, you know, anticipating the problems and of like making sure that they don't happen. So like there were so many, I don't want to say problems, but because it was such a big event, there's so many things that like so many fires that we were constantly putting out. So I really learned like moving forward when, when we have more events, I'm like, well, did you, did we make sure, you know, like that we scheduled these or did we check on this? And just to make sure all your, um, ducks are in a row. 
Fashion shows in general are always so stressful, I feel like. Even going to them, they're much more enjoyable to watch online. I'm loving the COVID fashion vibes. <laughs> uh, only for the shows, nothing else. I'm really not liking any of the other things. <laughs> I don't know if I have a particular crisis that I've encountered or, like, challenge. I mean, no, I, there are many of them. But I think when I get the most overwhelmed is when... I have multiple projects going on on the same time and I and they're specifically timed very close to each other and it just gets like way too overwhelming. Every single moment of your day needs to be planned out to the T. Like and if it goes any type of like wrong or if you have like a shipment missing or something like that that puts you on the phone with FedEx for about two and a half hours, you're screwed. I mean, I could go into semantics on like absolutely specific ones, but I would be calling out my later career choices. You know what I mean? When you feel like you're so on top of it and you're you have your projects all organized, that's when things start to go wrong, I feel like. Yeah, most definitely because then you're like anticipating something to happen and then it usually does. You know, you're putting that negative energy out there and then it just comes to you. So how do you handle it now? Oh, still the same thing. You can't change it. Like you can't control outside forces when things like that happen or like if anything happens, you just have to be on top of your game and have somewhat of some type of team somewhere helping you. And if you're not, then you need to just like buckle down and, you know, stay calm. Maybe have like a three or four minute panic, pull your like shit together and then keep going, you know, because there's at the end of the day, you still have to do your job. Yeah, I feel like our answers were similar because... The, the most challenging part for me too is when there's just so many details and moving parts yeah. in a project that you have to stay on top of. And if one little thing goes wrong, like it takes up so much of your attention that you can't focus on the rest, but you just can't let that happen. Right. You have to always be thinking about every single thing that's going on. I will say also like, don't let your personal life infiltrate your work life when it is that overwhelming, you really need to compartmentalize because otherwise it's just going to be too much for anyone. Absolutely. Thanks, Madison. Yeah, thanks, Madison. Love having to rethink all of my challenging projects that I've faced. I love bringing up past traumas. It's just <laughs> really great for me. Yeah, it's just exposure therapy. All right, next question. This one's from Alexis Flores. Hey, Yasmin and Joanna. My name's Alexis Flores, and I'm a recent grad from Cal State Fullerton. I majored in communications with an emphasis in public relations, and I really admire and love the entertainment field, um, the lifestyle, the influencer, the fashion and beauty of it all, really. And um, I'm so happy to ask you guys this quick question. And I know it may be a bit crazy to ask, but I feel like it's a certain type of crazy for this. So let's talk about money. <laughs> For someone who's studying off in the business, what should we expect in the amount of wages for an entry-level slash assistant job? And I know styling is very different from, you know, the way we get paid or people get paid on it. But how much on average is the fee for uh, the beginning and how much can we expect it to grow once we're experienced? I know it may be a little, you know out there to to ask this but I feel it's something that um new professionals should definitely get to know so really any insight that you can give would be so appreciated um thank you both all right this is definitely more of a touchy sensitive topic because we're talking about money it's definitely a common question like I certainly had no idea when I first started and by the way congratulations Alex on graduating yes very many congratulations thank you for your question 
Um, you know, no one talks about money. Nobody likes to talk about money in this sense of the case. I think it's hard to figure out what exactly the entry level or assistant position would make because it's so dependent on where you go and who you work for. Depends on where you're working in terms of what company, location. If you're on contract, if you're freelancing on a day rate type of situation, are your expenses paid, are your expenses not paid? Yeah, without getting into like specific numerical values from my perspective or my experience, I can tell you that interning is usually how you start working in this industry. And although, you know what, I will say that, I don't know if you'll you'll agree, Joe, but I feel like internships are becoming more paid opportunities these days. Goodness, because honestly, it's been a long time coming on that fact. Like, I mean, I... (laughs) I lost a lot of money in my first days interning, like, because I wasn't getting, I wasn't getting paid. I would have to, you know, drive around, run errands when I was interning in New York City. I, you know, had to run a, I had to do a lot of drop-offs and, and pickups and I had to pay for like my own Metro card. Yep. Been there, done that. We did the same in London, you know, assisting or not even assisting, just interning in general. You get nothing absolutely nothing in the beginning you're you're there for the experience like I also paid for my own like oyster card and my my like my lunches and everything like that but I wouldn't exchange that time that I spent there for anything because of the amount of things that I learned but Mm -hmm. I also think that like the schools like the universities are requiring more internships and that's also requiring companies and people to pay those interns, you know, or at least like then, no, maybe that's not even right at all because they get school credit then, huh? Sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. Um, but you know, some companies don't even do school credit. They only pay hourly their interns, or sometimes they call them trainees. If it's like a full-time intern paid internship, even though it might be like minimum wage or a very low salary or entry-level salary, Mm -hmm. um, it's still, at least it's payment. Like I didn't, you know, we didn't get paid when we first started, but I feel like it's getting better. I feel like people are paying their interns a lot more. I mean, not a lot more in terms of money, but a lot more often, like it's more common. Yeah, that's really good. Honestly. No, I mean, I lost lots of money when I was in London doing internships and assisting things because I was doing one event at one particular thing and they couldn't get their DVD to fix and it was like, or work. And it was their main project of the event and they had their entire like show on this DVD or CD or something. So we, this woman who worked for the company and myself had to go to some electric store or whatever and she didn't have any money on her mind she she's working for the company and I'm only there for like this event I was that intern for the event thing and I had to pay for the for the electric electric thing that we purchased at the store and they were like don't worry we'll reimburse you no they didn't never got never got reimbursed (laughs) didn't get paid for the day didn't get paid to get there or to leave and I did not also get paid to have their own shit work for their event you know, even when we talk to our friends, like none of us are in this industry for the money. No, no. But that that doesn't mean to say that you can't grow and you can't make like a successful living in in terms of of money. Right. But you have to you have to be willing to start kind of lower on the totem pole. When she means lower, she means at zero. So let's just start <laughs> with zero expectations and be happy when something comes along. 
you know, and then be grateful and be like, wow, I'm so excited that I've worked this hard and I'm finally getting paid. You know, that's how I felt about it. I was like, yes, it takes time. And as a stylist, as someone that does freelance, it definitely takes time because you might be starting with no clients and then eventually the more clients you get, like the more you can start charging, you know, the more you could be selective. Right. It doesn't mean that you're going to be struggling for like the rest of your life. Right. Also, but I mean, I do feel like I mentioned this like ages, ages back in one of our shows where I was like, also don't be naive and don't get taken advantage of, you know, because sometimes if it's been X amount of time and you've been there, you can ask to be paid as for a raise or a promotion. Be like, look, I'm really, I've worked really, really hard in like I'm valuable to this company. As long as those things are true, that you are, you have worked hard, then yes, you can definitely leverage that. Right. And it's been a a significant amount of time. Yes. Do not please. I mean, we have a mutual friend where she had an assistant. I'm not going to name any names, but she, um, they hired an assistant for her and her assistant asked for a raise within, what was it like two months, three months? No, it was like, shorter. I think it was like real quick. I think it was like was three it like weeks. a month? Yeah. <laughs> she wanted like a review, a one month review, and talk about a raise. Like that just really rubs people the wrong way. I mean, especially in times like this where it, during the pandemic, like so many people don't have jobs and mm-hmm. a lot of people are struggling. Like, be grateful and be gracious, but also, like you said, especially as a someone who's a freelance stylist know how to negotiate and you know stand firm while also being uh reasonable right when you're freelance and you don't have representation you have to remember that you are the one fighting for you don't be afraid don't be disrespectful but you also have to you know stand up for yourself fight for yourself and know what you're worth and joe can you talk about if you do have representation meaning if you're a stylist and you're working with an agency typically what do they get out of your fee? Like what percentage or what chunk would they get? Well, Yasmin, I wouldn't particularly know that because I don't have representation. But in what I hear on the Sensitive subject. <laughs> she didn't touch a nerve at all. No, um, basically they get a chunk out of your rate for that job or for that day or however it is that it's broken down that they've negotiated for you. And it's usually around, I want to say 30%. Depends on what your contract is, but normally it's around there. 20, 30. Yeah. Well, if you're with an agency, though, could you charge high, uh, a higher fee? Right, which is what I think that everybody does, is that they have a higher fee mm-hmm. because they have agency representation. But not only do they charge a higher fee, but they also, the agency charges the client an agency fee. So not only do they get a 30% commission out of your check, they get a 30% fee on top of the cl- on top to the client. Sometimes that's something that you can like use to your advantage because if you are freelance then you can be like but you're not getting any agency fees anywhere. In the PR world, fashion PR world, I can tell you that typically take this with a grain of salt because I'm overgeneralizing here and obviously it's a case by case basis, but typically PR fashion PR agencies pay just a little bit less than in-house brands. This is totally dependent on the agency and on the brand. You're talking about wages now? I'm talking about salaries, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, like, what happens when it's, like, on the PR side? Well, I know, obviously, it doesn't matter in-house, but, like, in an agency, because you are charging designers and stuff, too, to have representation on their side. Are you also taking 30% out of the designer's so, profit? So if I if I had a, a PR showroom or a PR agency and I my clients would be designers because they're paying me for my PR service. So let's say, like... Johanna, you have a jewelry line and you come to me and you're like, I want you to represent or do PR for my jewelry line. You would pay me dependent mm-hmm. on our proposal. So I would come up with a proposal for you, whether it's like, oh, we're only going to do a couple events a year or we're going to carry your jewelry in our showroom like 365 days a year. You would pay me a like monthly fee or a one-off fee for maybe an event if you just need our help, our PR help for an event of yours. Oh, so it's it's just a one. Is it a monthly fee? It depends. So it's a month. Twelve year for twelve months. Usually, it's a monthly fee, or it's like a three month trial period, maybe, and then you can kind retouch base after a few months and see how it's going. Interesting. Oh, and also, word on the street, they say that working in the beauty world, doing PR for for beauty brands pay a little bit more just because the margins on in cosmetics and beauty are <laughs> so Massive. high what would it be like to do kylie cosmetics pr <laughs> do you know what i mean surely they yeah. have in-house have those to. margins but like i said these are all like very general statements so please don't like <laughs> oh yeah don't go to i mean kind of quote us but don't quote us it's just our own personal experiences <laughs> so don't be like Johanna and Jas- or Jasmine. Oh, my God. Who am I? Uh, Jasmine. I know. It's late here in Sweden. I'm tired. It's okay. Um, Johanna and Jasmine sent us out and told us that this is, like, what's legit. You know, everything is, <laughs> yeah. everything is very unique to the situation at hand. This is what we know. So hopefully it helps some people out there right. get at least a general sense because I had zero sense going into it. I mean, I knew I wasn't going to make a lot of money, like, starting out um, as an intern, but... You can grow. You can get there. Just don't get discouraged. Right. Be persistent. If you're if you're doing this job because you love fashion and you love the entertainment industry, you should be able to hold out. You know, if you can't, obviously, financial reasons, that's fair. But if it's because you're getting discouraged, then maybe you should look a little bit more big picture. Absolutely. Um, So Alexis has a part two of his question. Part two. But wait, there's more. I love hearing your former positions and um, the struggles and just the craziness of it all. But I also love and would like to hear um, for your future and just really hearing your intentions and speaking things into existence. Why not? Um, So who is an individual you hope to work with or an event that you would like to style, whether it's Lizzo for the Grammys or Met Gala or um, another celeb or producer director who's that person or what's that event that you would possibly call your mom and be like mom i've made it (laughs) so cute alexis by the way i have to say that you definitely do sound like you could be a certain type of crazy but in the best way possible (laughs) only the best way possible also we should definitely be friends he'll feel like he has all the very like saucy questions he's gonna fit right in (laughs) Um, But anyway, intentions for the future. What are your intentions? You know, I was thinking when he was giving those examples like Lizzo, Grammys, you know, I have had the pleasure of working on pretty much 
all of those that he mentioned and they have been so amazing. I mean, obviously we don't like go to the Grammys or like go to the Oscars, but you I know, in some way or another one year and it was so stressful. You did? Yeah. Was it for a, a client you were styling? No, I was assisting at the time, but I walked the red carpet. I had all the jewels in a very nice Ralph's um, shopping bag. <laughs> you know, it was very glamorous. No, but was it we for only... jewelry or did you have to go to like... No, no, we went sure to they... the hotel that was above the, the venue oh, and dressed yeah, our yeah, client. Yeah. But, you know, we had to go through security and like, go all, like right. all of Wilshire was shut down. It's all very stressful, but it was fun. I've had to ride in the car with a celebrity that we were addressing on the way to, I think it was the Golden Globes. I can't remember exactly, but because she was wearing this really big dress and we had to make sure it didn't get like wrinkled on the way there. So I was literally just like the dress holder in the car and then I just drove back. <laughs> like what an experience, you know, you'll never forget it. Honestly, for me, it's the shows. It's the fashion shows. Like f- I love them so much and usually they are um, destinations so you travel for them and like I don't know if it's just the jet lag and like a lack of sleep but just being I remember my first fashion show that I went to in Paris and I literally wanted to cry like the entire time because I was so grateful that I was involved in like even in the slightest way yeah you know just to know that you contributed in like the smallest fashion pun intended it's so satisfying i don't know i just love it it's like those little moments that really keep you going it's a lot of fun there's a lot of like satisfaction in what we do because we put so much work into like the prep work you know and then so like to see it come into fruition is so gratifying i really would love to do like a collaboration with like a brand i think would be fun like a super big like national international brand like the thing that comes to my mind at the moment is like Carla Welch's projection, Hanes and Levi's, and now she has Period, mm-hmm. which is great. And, you know, she has all of these different collaborations with different brands, and she's coming out with her own brands, which I think is amazing, yeah, but they're so innovative. Cool. She also did that collaboration with Express, which I think was really cool. But obviously, same with you. Like, all of the award season shows would be amazing. Like, I've had the pleasure of also to work on a few of them, which is so much fun, like Met Gala and all mm-hmm. that. But nothing rings truer to my heart than award season. I love it so much. There's something about award season that's just like, because you know what it is? I think we always talk about how working in fashion is not glamorous and it's not, you know, glitz and glam. But there's something about award season where you really get to witness all of the glamour, like back to back. I love award season like I love Christmas. But yeah, I don't know. Collaborations, brands. I'd like to come up with my own something, something. Yeah. I remember when you were saying it would be cool to be a... Uh, what did you call it? Like a sizing consultant for a brand? A plus size consultant, I think I called it. Yeah. Or like a curve consultant. To make sure that they're like inclusive and conscious. Well, not only that, but you know, there are ways to make jean waistbands not dig into the sides of you and the entire trouser doesn't need to be stretched. You know, like there are like clever placements that we could just do that make life just so much more efficient and Mm -hmm. comfortable and still so stylish without losing shape and quality. You know, you I mean? should be a plus size consultant for like redone. Honestly, redone. <laughs> call me because I will be there in a flash. Like I have been looking at redones for so long and being like, 
They're all so cute. I love them so much, but I'll never, I'm never going to fit into them. But they don't fit. No, because they're made for skinny twigs like you. Not that we don't love you, skinny twigs. We're all size inclusive love here, but like, not to mention, they're redone Levi's and Levi's sizing goes up. It's big, yeah. Yeah, they go into massive sizes. There's no reason for them to be size exclusive. Preach, girl. The pains of the world. Well, that's it for all of our questions for this episode, but we do plan on making this a series. So if you have any questions, please feel free to send us a message on our Instagram at a certain type of crazy and send us over an audio link. We'll chit chat with you guys. Also, I would like to mention this. If you haven't subscribed to any of our podcast locations, aka on Anchor or Spotify or Apple Podcasts or anywhere where you find your spot, your podcasts please go ahead and go click that subscribe button also if you guys want to rate and comment anywhere along those platforms we would be very appreciative it would help us out a lot thank you thank you guys so much bye, bye.